afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in the ancestors. I call in all those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to join us here today. I ask to call out for those ancestors who understand that which is necessary in the wintertime to restore us, to rejuvenate us, and replenish us at the deep soul place of our being. I call out to these ancestors to join us here today, those who are listening live and those who are listening through downloads all around the world. I call all of you in to hold us well in our circle here today. I call out to the energy of the earth to be with us here today, to be a firm foundation under our feet, to give us a sense of home, a sense of connectedness and interconnectedness with each other, a sense of belonging. May we feel the earth so profoundly below our feet that our memory reaches back through our bones to the first ancestors and let us begin to recognize that we all come from the same first people. We are all family and we are all sharing the same small, exquisitely beautiful home. We call out to the earth to support us here today. As we rise up in our hearts and out the tops of our heads and call down the energy of the sky to bring us the wisdom of the cosmos, to bring us blessing, to bring us generosity, and to bring us protection that we might listen well in our time here together and that the words that need to be spoken will come through. So with the blessings of the earth and the sky, we call out to the hearts of all those of you who are listening and all those you will connect with who will listen again and again. We call out to the heart, to that energy within each one of us that is that very, very special place that allows the powers and the passions and the needs of the body to align with the clarity and the vision of the mind, to come together in the heart, to show each one of us what our soul's true purpose is. We call out to all of these spirit energies to be with us here today, that through our conversation today we might each be better prepared to go forth and live our soul's purpose. So thank you all for joining me here today. The topic of our show today is The Return or filling the well of well-being. That's how I like to think of the return. So the return is an important Taoistic practice. So why are we talking about this on a show about shamanism? Well, because knowing and living your soul's purpose isn't enough. What, you might say? Sorry to tell you this, but what you are here to express and how you're going to express that is only half the picture of living well. It's only half the picture of doing what you've come here to do. Because not only do we need to find that essential energy that stirs our passions and lights our heart with joy and brings clarity to our mind, not only do we need to find that special energy, and I know for many of you listening, that in and of itself seems like the task. It is the task. How you're going to express it is the next task. And how do we sustain that effort in the world? That is the return. That is, or that is the reason we need to talk about the return. Because as you know, in our world, 
people like to say nothing comes for free. But the reality of it, which is not quite so capitalistic and cynical, is that everything is connected and the energy is constantly changing forms. And in those transitions, energy is either lost or gained. And so as energy is moving and transitioning between forms in your life, you are engaged in living your soul's purpose. It always requires this energy in these transformations. You're not here in a vacuum. And so how do we support the energy that is going to fuel your transformation? So it's going to refuel, that is going to fuel your, your path, seeking your purpose. How do we find that energy? That is the other half of the story. Not just what are you here to do, but how are you going to make sure that you do that in a good way? How are you going to have the energy and the resources to do that? So it's only half the picture. However, since everything is connected, this isn't a linear path. Finding how to renew and restore yourself will help you to find why you're here. Finding why you're here gives you reason to find out how to renew and restore yourself. So it's really circular. There's no real beginning and there's certainly no ending. And so it's not not to worry. Focusing on one or the other will help you to get to the wholeness of what it means to be here, living your soul's purpose in a good way. So why should you bother to listen to the rest of this show since this doesn't sound like much fun, does it? Because I learned this the hard way. And one of the, one of the great mistakes, this is the great mistake that people make as clients and students all the time, and I'm sure it's not just with me, But the great mistake that people make is thinking they are the exception to the rule. They are somehow going to get around those rules that apply to every other human being on the planet. Now, my perspective is learn the rules that apply to every other human being on the planet. Figure out a way to live them in a good way with some grace and joy and get on with it. I know I'm not different. I know I'm special. You're special, too. We all have a special soul's purpose. But we're all human. We're not special in that. We're all the same in that. And thus, we all need to essentially surrender to the same system. Now, what I'm saying here today is I learned this the absolute hardest way possible. And so I offer this up to you today as my my gift to you in the holidays that you might actually learn from my glorious and painful mistakes and not walk that part of the path, but to learn from me and actually tend to your return. So... What happened for me, as you all know, is I have my initiation experience in New York. Um, I begin to feel very, very happy to be alive. I'm excited. It seems like all the problems I've ever had in my life are solved at that moment because I am just so ecstatic to be alive and life is good. In that process, I stumble back over shamanism. I um, have another mystical experience and find out, right, I'm supposed to be here doing soul retrieval work, and so I'm finding my soul's purpose and great vehicles to express it through shamanism, through the healing work of shamanism. Um, I begin to teach the workshops, and eventually, over a bunch of years, these teachings of these workshops manifest, though somewhat unintentionally, into a really amazing four-year training process that actually works for anybody who chooses to come and do it. And so everything's good. I know why I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm not working a second job. I'm doing it, right? I'm doing all of it. And 
every time I catch my reflection in a window, in a mirror, somewhere unexpected, I see an old woman. And I do not mean this in a good way, like some old wise soul or something wonderful and supportive, like a helping spirit energy or seeing my, my true wise self or anything lovely like that. That would have been lying to myself. What I saw was me dying. I saw an old, wizened hag. And that message in my reflection, in spite of the fact that everything else in my life was excellent, it was ecstatic, it was joyful. And in between those moments of doing that work, I was crashing. I was dying. And the truth of the matter is, I was killing myself. So, what was the issue? What was missing? What was missing is that I was so busy living my soul's purpose, I was not tending gracefully or respectfully to the very fact of being human. I was not returning to that deep place that nourishes my soul. And that place before the soul's purpose, that place that is the essence of that energy before it emerges, tapping back into that place, nourishing that generative source energy within myself, and allowing myself the rest and restoration needed to, to fill the coffers, to, to allow the vessel of my life to be filled with the energy needed to go do all those wonderful, amazing, fabulous things that I was doing. And I just didn't know. I was ignorant. I was completely ignorant. I didn't know. And it cost me. It cost me dearly. Not only did I see that scary old woman reflection around me, but as that continued and I did nothing, because frankly I didn't know what to do, All I knew, I was getting more and more scared because she kept showing up more and more and more. I went to my annual checkup, and all of a sudden, my blood work, which had been, you know, the blood work of a 24-year-old, even though I was 40-something, suddenly changed. Cholesterol skyrocketing. I have that in my family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's all showing up in the blood. And there's nothing I can do to change my lifestyle to suit it other than remove the stress because I already got the diet, I got the workout, I got the everything, right? So we have a problem. We have a serious problem here. I'm crashing. The systems are starting to um, shut down. I'm crashing. And yet I thought I was doing what spirit told me to do, live your purpose. You know, all will be well if you live your purpose. Well, The other piece of shamanism, of course, is the fact that if you don't ask the right questions, you don't get the answers you need. So the thing that this comes back around to is that the bottom line is, I'm here as a human. We have chosen to be here as humans. And if you're listening to this show, I'm pretty sure you're a human. And we cannot live well if we choose to remain ignorant of what it means, what the system is of being a human here on this planet floating through this universe. There is a lake deep, deep in the dark recesses of the you that's not presented out into the public. And next to that lake, there is a mountain. 
deep, deep in the dark recesses of your self, your humanness. And that we must return once a year. We actually must return once a day, once an hour, once a minute. But let's just talk about the return. We must return once a year, once a cycling of the life of a human here on this planet. Once a year we must return to that lake and to that mountain. And the lake and the mountain are what will help you to restore and to replenish and to prepare for the coming year, to bring yourself out of that dark time of the winter, to begin to express yourself anew in the world, and to go out and live your soul's purpose. And so this is what we're here to talk about today, is what if you've lost the way to the lake and to the mountain? And even once you've found your way there, how do you fill that lake? And how do you sit at that mountain? So this is our conversation today, and I hope you will join me after this break. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, on Why Shamanism Now, and today we are talking about the return. And the reason we're talking about the return on a show about shamanism and ultimately transformation is that we need the juice to do whatever we've come here to do. We can use shamanism to find why are we here and to learn it to and to use it to learn how to transform and how to go forward in our life. But all of those processes, life processes take energy here on this planet. It's just the system. I didn't design it, but this is how it works. And so how do we find the energy to run the processes of living our life, finding our soul's purpose, expressing it, and living it out in the world. That's why we're bothering to talk about the return. And as far as I have found in my life, the people that speak to it best, that understand the energy of it best and speak to it best are the Taoists. And so they they speak of this time as the return. It is a natural turning inward a natural call to leave the day-to-day and to remember, to remember that deep, deep time in your life when you didn't know anything, when life was just open to you because you didn't, didn't have a plan yet. You were a vulnerable child. You were uncertain. And it didn't matter because you were just going to go outside and play. And the day would unfold. It didn't have to have appointments and blackberries and and email and and text messaging and all of this stuff that locks us into space and time in moments and tinier and tinier and tinier segments remember when you were so young remember summer vacation seemed like it lasted for years remember remember the sadness in that first year summer vacation really felt like three months Because when you were younger, it felt like forever. That's where we're going back to, that time. Going back where there was no time. And that space was whatever it needed to be. Back into that time of that lake and that mountain. And so, you know, why are we talking about this, right? You're all thinking about your holiday gift lists and parties and, oh, my God, am I going to see the relatives and, oh, not those people again and, you know, all of this minutiae. All of this organization and sort of wonderful celebratory insanity of the holiday season. 
Why are we talking about the return? Because this is the time. This is the time where we actually, if you really were to tune in, you would feel that struggle. Why is it that you feel at least once in the holiday season, I think I just want to go spend Christmas alone in a cabin with lots of heat and whatever your favorite beverage is, right? I mean, why do we feel that? Because this is the time to go within, to be quiet, to be in the dark, and to literally be in the dark, to allow that life where we're supposed to know everything and get everything right and run the show and manage things and guide things and lead things and all that stuff, to let it go. And to remember a beginning before there was so much work to do. The human being needs to cycle through the year, every year. We emerge in spring, coming out with who we are, based on our New Year's resolutions and this and that and the other thing. And we come through our summertime and we live and we learn and we express. And as we move into the fall, there is a time of harvesting those learnings and there's some self-awareness that comes if you're paying any attention at all. And then we start to rest from the height of all of those summer activities. And then as we go into the wintertime, we go in. Now, for those of you listening in the other hemisphere, um, I think this works for you, but it just works in opposite timing because you all have a winter too. It's just not right now. So for those of you listening in North America, now is the time. But to honor and respect those of you that are living on the other half of the planet, it'll be coming in six months, so you can listen to the download again then. But basically the point is, as the days get shorter, things get darker, it's time to go within. And that, that is the care and maintenance of a human. It's necessary. And, you know, sorry, it just is. So what happens then if you don't know how to reach your deepest self? What if you don't know the way back to the lake? What if you haven't been there since you were six? What if you did great in high school and you went on and you did great in college and you went off and you did great in grad school and you've got a great job and you've been participating beautifully in this culture, in the way that we ask people to participate? You're consuming, you're spending, you're working, you're playing hard on the weekends, you're doing what you're expected to do in this culture. And that may very well mean you have not been back to that lake or that mountain deep within yourself since you were six, seven, eight, nine years old. What if you don't, what if you may know the way back, but you don't allow yourself to go there? Because there seems to be so much debt to yourself on the way. So many situations of heartache or soul selling that leave you emotionally unsettled with yourself, that those moments are there along the way back to the lake and the mountain. So, so what if you've lost the way? Or what if you don't want to walk that path because of who within yourself, you're afraid you're going to meet along the way. Well, that's what we'll talk about now for a little while. Because regardless of that, one of the things that we need to think about in our life is what kind of activities will feed that lake. Because the lake is like a reservoir of energy. 
that we will draw from throughout the next cycle. Now, this is true. We need to feed the lake more than once a year. But the point is, there, you need to have this awareness. You know, these are things, I'm sorry, they did not teach us in kindergarten. I did not learn everything I needed to know in kindergarten. I would have liked to have known this, that I have a lake and I have a mountain, and I need to know how to get there. I need to not lose the path. And ultimately, I need to learn as I grow how to fill a lake. So the kinds of activities that feed the lake are activities that allow us to engage with our emotional life. And you're like, oh, man, I knew that was going to be at the top of the list. Damn it. Well, it is. Sorry. To connect with our emotional self, the things that we care about, but also to do things that are fun, to play, to engage in things you may lose at, like a board game with your family, Um, to rest, to connect with those people that you tend to spend heartfelt time with. And men and women often spend heartfelt time in different ways, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that you're with the people that move your heart, that warm your heart, and spend some time with them. Um, Other activities that feed the lake are doing physical activities that nourish your soul and your heart. For many people, there is an activity that they do that they love. Like some people love, a lot of times it has to do with being on the water, interestingly enough, since we're talking about the lake, canoeing or ice skating in the winter or um, sailing, doing things um, that we do for joy, for enjoyment, to dance, to sing, to to be involved in that which allows your heart energy to move and your soul to be activated. Um, and, and things like this that have no greater purpose other than the experience of doing them. Right. So if you're making art to sell, which is fine, good for you, um, that may not have the same restorative quality of just making art to make art. I don't know. It's up to you. But... The point is, we need to engage in activities that feed the lake. This can also be meditation, chanting, um, meditating with um, mandalas, um, learning sacred songs, um, singing them, um, reading Rumi or Kabir, writing love poetry to your beloved, um, qigong, tai chi, some forms of yoga that allow you to mostly generate energy, not expend energy. These are all the kinds of things that feed the lake. Um, Also, for many people, to simply be out in nature. kind of got distracted from that point, but that's where I was going, to be out in nature. There's a wonderful quote here um, from a person whose name I'm going to completely massacre. Um, But the quote goes like this. Now and again... It is necessary to seclude yourself among deep mountains and hidden valleys to restore your link to the source of life. So now now and again, it is necessary to seclude yourself among deep mountains and hidden valleys to restore your link to the source of life. Breathe in 
and let yourself soar to the ends of the universe. Breathe out and let the cosmos back inside. Next, breathe up all the fecundity and vibrancy of the earth. And finally, as you exhale, blend that breath of heaven with that breath of earth, with that of your own, becoming the breath of life itself. So this is a quote about the return. Now, of course, one could do this at any time, but it's understanding, accepting that now and again it is necessary to seclude yourself from your day, from your personality out there in the world, from that person within you who has learned to succeed that person within you who fights the good fight each day, that person within you who is engaged in the world, in the expression of your purpose, that you must, we all must, at times, seclude ourselves even from that person within ourselves and to go deep into the mountains and into the hidden valleys to restore our link to the source of life. Many people go into nature to do this, But it is also possible, especially with the aid of shamanic skills, to go into our own nature, to go into ourselves, to go into the realm of the journey world or the dreaming world, and to connect with these energies as they are present in the invisible world. So one can go literally, and one can go internally through shamanism. Either way, what we are doing is replenishing the lake, finding our way back to that mountain that resonates so strongly with our true, essential reason for being here. So we go into a break now. Think about your path back to the lake and to the mountain. And join us again as we come back from this break. Thank you all. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about the return or filling the well of well-being here on Why Shamanism Now. So we are talking about the lake and the mountain. And the question I kept asking myself as I was studying Taoism is, so what feeds the lake? Lakes are fed. Why is it a lake? Why is it a mountain? I mean, (laughs) these are questions I ask my teacher because this is the way I am. I haven't grown up from being three years old. Why a lake? Why a mountain? What feeds the lake? Because my experience of lakes, I mean, I remember my most profound lake experience was hiking all day long. I was young, you know, probably preteen. It was hot. It was sweaty. There were bugs. And we finally got to the top of this beautiful sort of high meadow with this gorgeous lake, mountains all around, snow-capped, exquisitely beautiful. I ripped off all of my clothes, ran to the edge of the lake. There was this huge rock there, and I dove into this gorgeous, crystal clear lake. And as I'm sailing through the air, it registers in my mind that this is a glacier-fed lake. (laughs) And I hit the water. (gasps) And of course, you know, couldn't breathe for what felt like 10 minutes. And finally, you know, luckily didn't sink like a stone and did get obviously out of the lake since I'm here to talk to you here today. But that's lake to me, that physical experience of lake. So something's feeding the lake. So What's feeding the lake? Well, 
I refer to that energy as the source. Because one of the things that I learned, once again, something not taught to me in kindergarten, not explained to me at all in anywhere in my life, but not even from my shamanic teachers, thank you very much, but I'm journeying and I'm doing soul retrieval work for people and I'm constantly finding this part of the person that is lost because its job is to stay connected to the source. And I'm thinking, well, what's the source? And my helping spirits say, the source. So it's like the source of all things. You know, and so now we're all of a sudden we're back into the argument. Humanity's been in for I don't know however how long about, you know, whose source is the right source and what do we call it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, at least in shamanism, the words for the source are like the Tao. You know, the word, you know, the Tao is not the Tao. You know, if you can name it, you haven't quite gotten it. Okay. So what I did learn, though, from the soul retrieval work is that we all have an aspect of ourself whose job is to stay connected to the source. And that the source energy is innate and natural, and in that it is wild. It doesn't conform to religious prescriptions. And sometimes we put children in situations where they have to choose between this wild authenticity of their own connection to the source and religious ideas that are held by the family or have held, been held by the family for generations. The source can't conform. You know, why should it? It's the source. It is the essence of things, right? The child, however, needs the family and the source, but the source can't conform. And so the split often occurs to accommodate both of these needs simultaneously. Since the loss of of either the connection to the source or the connection to the family feels like death, right? They both feel life-threatening. So in this moment of being forced to choose, Many children will lose their own innate connection to source. That part of themselves goes and stays connected to the source. And then they stay here with their family to get the love and the food, which is critically important as a child. And as adults, we then turn to others to reconnect us because now we've lost that fundamental connection. And we turn to others to explain about God and ask them to explain what we already knew in our bones when we were connected to the source. You know, and you can decide for yourself how well the system works. But my point is, there is the source that replenishes and restores, and often the part that has been disconnected from the person and needs to stay connected to the source embodies all of the weakening and the wounding and the exhaustion that comes from trying to do it, whatever it is, without your connection to the source. And the beauty, one of the things I love about soul retrieval work is to to bring these parts back to the source, and it's different for everyone, but to bring them back to the source, however that person has conceived of this energy as a child, and to watch that source energy heal and replenish and nourish, no matter what the wounds are, no matter what the source energy replenishes. These journeys are amazing. And what I found over time, not only do we have this part of ourselves whose job is to remain connected to the source, and we certainly need that part of ourselves present within ourselves, so in our present time body, no matter the age, we have that link to the source energy. It's critically important. You must have it, or else it's way too hard. Beyond that, we're such 
complex contemporary beings in the way that we're raised. It would be so simple if we were just left to our own devices, but we're not. And what happens is we also end up distorting our relationship to the source. So it may become, if you think of a a source like a spring coming up and trickling down and eventually filling your lake, that there become the source energy gets dammed up or cemented over or blocked in some way or muddied or, you know, is somehow obscured so that you can't connect to the source. You may be thinking, oh, Christina, this is silly. Why would I do that? Well, you know, let's get back to the contemporary culture and the many ways that we are encouraged to withdraw from the source, which is a relationship that appears in childhood to just keep getting us in trouble, right? We're arguing with priests, we're arguing with our parents, because we're connected directly to the source. We know things we're not supposed to know, because we're kids, right? But we know it. How do we know it? We don't know why we know it, we just know it. And so, consequently, this energy appears to always be getting us in trouble. And that we are trained over time to connect with something more acceptable, something easier to manage, something more trainable. Because remember, source energy can't conform. It doesn't. It is essence, essence of all things, right? So we end up in these codependent and addictive relationships with our misguided, um, and these are misguided, though very creative efforts to reestablish our connection to what matters. And what we need to understand is that there is only one way to connect with the source, which is just to connect directly with the source. And we need to clear the, clear the way, move the rocks, clear out the dam, let the water flow clearly. All of these things need to be done to establish our connection with the source and that it matters. And that activities that fill the lake do so because they facilitate an open relationship with the source. So, for example... A person is whoever they are in the moment, and there are some things that are fabulously functional and some things that are probably pretty dysfunctional. But they step into their Tai Chi practice, and they practice for an hour. In that hour, in the form, they are connected to archetypal forms. So they're moving. They're moving out of the personal and into these cosmic energies, into the essence energies, like we discussed last week, into the archetypal energies that are bigger than one person. And they move in these pure energies. They move in the, their form brings them into these pure energies. And for that period of time, then, that activity of Tai Chi is connecting them to the source. And so it fills the lake because it's an activity that establishes or clarifies a person's relationship with the source. So this is why the things that fill the lake fill the lake, because they open up our heartfelt relationship to the source. And so a lot of people say, well, Christina, why can't I just pray and let God do this for me? Right? Well, this comes back around to learning what spirit can and can't help us with. This is one of the great gifts of shamanism. Since you have to ask questions to make shamanism work, you actually start to learn things you wouldn't learn otherwise. No one, not even spirit, can pay to the cosmic order for you. If you believe in God, you, the way you can think about it is, this is why God sent you here, right? To pay to the cosmic order and then come back and, you know, get your bonus prize or not. Okay, whether you believe in God or not, the point is we are here to pay to the cosmic order. Spirit can't do that for us. And your relationship with your mountain 
your relationship with your lake, your connection to spirit are all part of the cosmic order of things. These are cosmic energies. They are true for all humans. And they will still be true when humans are gone. And so this is part of the dynamic of being a human that no one can do for you, not even God, not spirit, not your helping spirits. It doesn't matter what spirit you believe in. You owe to the cosmic order. No one can pay for you. So you have to fill your lake. You have to connect to source. You have to go touch your mountain. No one can touch that for you. You have to go do it yourself. And in the doing of it, in the doing of it, you will nourish that part of your soul that knows why you are here, that feels your passion, that has the courage to open your heart again after it's been broken, open your mind again after you've been betrayed, to open yourself again and again and again to life, to what life has to offer you, and to take all that you have gained and to go forward and to find a way to turn the obstacles into gifts, to use the gifts, to walk the path again. But for all of that to reset itself, we need to return to the source, to the lake, and to the mountain. And winter is the time when our body is going through its yearly cycle, and it's asking you to rest and to go into the cave and to do your return. And then when we come back from this break, we'll talk some more about the source and the mountain and the lake and how you get there. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And today on Why Shamanism Now, we are talking about the return and why you should bother and what it is and how you might do it. So we've been talking about the source and the lake and the mountain. So if the source actually had a form, it would most likely be the void. But that's a little too scary for most people. It's too paradoxical. Especially in the West, we have a really hard time wrapping our brains around the idea that the source of all things is a great big no thing. I mean, we just have a challenge with that. So I think that's the reason in most journeys the source presents itself as a spring of water, you know, a crystal clear spring, a source of water rising out of the earth or coming out of the side of a great craggy alpine mountain or something, but some some energy source that comes from a pure place out in nature and just springs forth of its own energy. So when we chronically choose not to return to the source, then we're taking from our own lake, our own reservoirs, until they run dry. And then most of us keep taking. We still have to go to work. We can't call and go, oh, you know, by the way, boss, my lake is dry. I need to go on a return and fill it, so I won't be here for a month. You know, most most people can't figure out quite how to make that happen. Now, of course, if we weren't in America, you would get two months off a year. Gee, I wonder why. You know, so if you can manage to negotiate more than two weeks a year, you might want to for the return and your vacation. Anyway, back to my point. Most of us will keep taking out of that dry well. And when we do that, we move into a false yang situation, which means we are giving from a depleted place. We are giving and expressing and working out in the world from an empty reservoir. This is what caused me to see the old woman. This is what I was doing in my ignorance. And this can never 
You can never, from that place of the empty reservoir, be of true service or generosity, no matter what intent is in your heart. Because when we continue um, in this way, we move from a false yang state into a false yin state, which is the lake state. And so we're not valuing ourselves enough to hold back even a little energy and we're not acting in ways that are replenishing our reservoirs. There's no value of the self. There's, there's no value of anything. There's no energy for anything. And in this state of depletion, we often call in an illness or an accident or something that's going to force us to slow down and return to the source. And to actually rep- replenish this well or this lake and restore our life force, we must return to the child, archetypally, the child at play. Now, this can be tricky because if you're one of those people for whom child simply triggers bad childhood memories and that it still brings you right back into the story of your wounded child, you know, we all have that story. Some are more horrific than others, granted. But the wounded child story is the shadow archetypally it's the shadow of the child and we all have a child within and that child energy needs to be healthy and so one path to assure your way back to the lake and the mountain and the source is to attend to your wounded child story to do whatever healing work you need to do to heal that to bring that wounded child out of the past out of that story into present time, so you have a nice, healthy child energy. Because in the return, we need to be able to go back to that place of non-success, of not knowing, of stumbling along. We, we must live again in that insecurity and lostness of childhood when we had more questions than answers. I mean, we think about insecurity and lostness now as grown-ups, and we panic. And we forget that we lived happily ever after as kids. Insecure, lost, didn't know what was going on. We're just having an adventure with our friends. I mean, we used to just get on our bikes and go, and the day happened. It was a grand adventure. So, so this is what we're talking about being able to go back to, is that way of living your life as an adventure without it being timed out and planned out and reported to everyone on Twitter and blah, 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 but to actually be engaged in the day from a place of vulnerability and uncertainty and unknown and not having a plan. Because our essential dream of life lives in this place. This is a place of great wilderness. It can't conform. It is not competent. It is not confident. It is wild and non-conforming. To replenish this well, you must move into where you are uncertain and unformed, stumbling around and lost. We are not where you are not yet whole and not yet known to yourself. And that is the purpose of the return each year, is to discover that part of yourself, the last year of life has illuminated, that you haven't had time to notice. And to discover that self you don't know, to rest, to play, to do things that don't matter and that are just fun, so that part of yourself steps out of the shadows. And you can explore the realm of your emotions 
For most people, your emotions are the direct path to uncertainty, vulnerability, and not knowing. Most people are totally confused in their emotional realm. So that's the easiest way to go back, is to go back through the emotions. Start a dance class. Learn to sing. Paint a wall in your home with your favorite story from childhood. It doesn't matter if you can paint. It really is okay to draw and paint on your own walls. Go within and find your mountain. This is the place where the dream of the child becomes the restoration and rejuvenation of the adult. This is the place where you touch your mountain. You remember. You sit down and lean back. And your whole body is plugged back in to the source code of you in this life. This is the place where we don't know what we're doing, but we do it anyway because it feeds the well. We step into the darkness and touch the root of life, of hope, and of our dreams. When we are willing to leave the comfort of rest and coziness, and step into the discomfort of vulnerability and the humility of not knowing. We move into our darkness, to the source, and we are able, again, to fill the reservoir within us, to fill that well, and the well of our own well-being, of our own health, of our own true self, is nourished. So I invite you all, at this time, if you're on this half of the planet, to go within, to find the way back to your lake and to sit with your mountain and to allow yourself to be replenished and restored. Thank you all for joining me today. Next week, our topic will be stripping away the old. It's a how-to show, how to actually do that. And in the meantime... You know that you can reach me through Christina at lastmasscenter.org. You can find information on the website. And you are welcome, as always, if you have enjoyed this show, to pass the link on to your friends and loved ones and help the community that is gathered here to grow. So we give thanks to the ancestors for being with us here today, for the earth below us and the sky above and the big love of these two energies moving together within us. And we give thanks to the heart that unites us all. Thank you all for joining me this week and enjoy your return.